Hello, and welcome to another episode of Strange Sound, the podcast. It's me, Joe, and this is Strange Sound. Standard disclaimer. Strange Sound represents the opinions of me and me alone, no one else. Not my friends, not my family, not my employer, not my dog, not my cats, not my neighbors. No one agrees with me whatsoever. I made it all up, actually. Um, Aside from things that I cite, this is all me. Bloviating, giving my opinion for what it's worth. Trying to be part of the conversation and, hopefully... Hearing back from my friends out there and my not-so-friends out there, whoever, just, uh, you know, push back, tell me what you think. Let's make it a conversation. That sounds nice. Okay, so what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I thought we'd tackle the rather small subject of socialism. Socialism, socialism. Ah, 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 ah. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. I just want to acknowledge that um, these are strange times that we're living in. Very difficult times. I'm trying to keep my spirits up. I hope you're doing the same. I hope you and yours, whoever you may be, um are well and safe, keeping close to home. I'm hoping that you have a home to keep close to. If not, I'm hoping you can find the help that you need. Um, I want to encourage anyone listening to this to please, you know, contribute to various campaigns that uh, help the homeless and the people living on the edge during these times, as hard as it is on the rest of us, it's particularly hard on those folks. Um, this shutdown is is a disaster for just about everybody. So, um, please, be generous. And that's uh, all I have to say about that. All I can say is uh, these are scary times, and uh, I think we're all a little scared. We'll get through it. Let's just hang in there. Anyway, today's topic, socialism. Socialism! Yes. Um, I raised this topic because it came up during the primary campaign. Not that the primary campaign is over. It is sort of over, bar the shouting, just because, well, if for no other reason... um, Primaries are being pushed back or canceled. Not canceled so much, but pushed way back. 
and contingent upon things getting better before they run them. Now, the exception is um, Wisconsin, which uh, as of this recording is, I believe, a couple of weeks away. Um, somehow they haven't pushed that that uh, Democratic primary back. And so that appears to be still happening. But the primary still technically underway, but it seems like it's all going in one direction. People are sort of flocking to Joe Biden. Um, maybe, uh, well, I don't think there's any maybe about it. I think it's because they have a sense that he has a better chance of defeating the Trump. Um, I think that's kind of an erroneous assumption, but people will vote the way they will vote and we will deal with it. Um, but obviously because, uh, Bernie Sanders and avowed democratic socialist is in the campaign and was a, is remains a prominent, you know, candidate for president on the democratic side, uh, was front runner for a while, um, is one of the most popular politicians in the country is certainly the most popular senator um, in, in terms of home state approval ratings, that sort of thing. He's uh, he's raised the issue, um, tried to define his brand of socialism um, over the course of this campaign. Uh, with limited success, I'd say. I'm a little... I was a little disappointed in some of his um, explanations of um, what he considers socialism to be. It tends to sort of end up being the same kind of campaign talking points that he reserves for his speeches. Not that his speeches aren't, you know, edifying and, and uplifting, but but what uh, I was hoping for was a little bit more um, of the sort of grounding of what he believes in and why. And there's a certain amount of that, but it's it, it always ends up kind of in the same place. So I think the thing that doesn't really get talked about that much is just the, the basic question of... Um, what Sanders's socialism is like and really what is the meaning of socialism more generally. Now, as far as Sanders is concerned, um, Sanders is basically an FDR Democrat. That's pretty much beyond dispute. He may call himself a socialist and that's fine. He may be in his heart. He is, he is a socialist and, and I think there's indications that that's true. Um, he comes from a radical resistance tradition, as I mentioned in the last, uh, podcast. So that's, that's roughly true. Um, but he is in terms of the policies that he's pushing forward. It's really no more radical than what FDR put forward, more egalitarian, more inclusive, a little broader perhaps, but um, not more radical. This is um, state participation um, collectivist institution building uh, like Social Security, um, which is 
um, certainly the most popular of the Depression era programs, the New Deal programs. Um, it is a collectivist institution and a very successful one and a very popular one. Um, there's a reason why Franklin Roosevelt was elected four times to the presidency. Um, that, and there's a reason why people have, you know, why presidents have worked to preserve social security more or less as it is in the decades since it's because it's an extremely successful program. It is, you know, decried as socialism in certain quarters and that's not inaccurate. It is a um, collectivist type of program in in which um, current workers pay for the retirement of current retirees. And you pay it for it, and it's a defined benefit plan. So it doesn't matter how much money you paid into it, what you get out of it is that defined benefit and current workers will um, provide the, the, um, the cash, the input to support the retirees, you know, with, with various adjustments, depending on how much people make. Now there is a cap on contributions as everyone knows. There's a cap that more or less, um, exempts the extreme rich from, you know, paying a similar percentage of their income as as people who do not have a lot of money. Um, and that's a potential source of revenue right there. But again, I don't want to get into the weeds on Social Security. My main point is that a lot of the policies that um, Bernie Sanders is putting forward are sort of of a piece with Social Security he believes in social security expansion and strengthening it in you know in bringing more money into it you can call that socialism but it really isn't fdr wasn't a socialist he just um implemented programs and institutions that could be described as um collectivist and socialist in some ways and you know, look, the thing we have to acknowledge, particularly in this in this moment in time, wherein our entire national economy has ground to a halt because of a pandemic and our response to the pandemic. And the only the only thing that we can really do about this is have the government provide for direct payments to Americans and to American businesses in order to keep them afloat during the period in which we're all sort of locked down. Um, that's, that is a collectivist solution to, to a problem. And I know people, um, particularly in this current circumstance, like to make the claim that this is, well, this is an external factor. This has nothing to do with capitalism. This has to do with, you know, a 
an unexpected catastrophe that's sort of knocked the pins out from under us and it, you know is is causing a problem that's external to the system itself so this isn't a system failure this is a catastrophe of a kind you know that no one could have anticipated okay well that's really not relevant um things like this happen we have to have a system that can withstand this sort of thing. We have to assume that there are going to be times where we have to respond to a pandemic, where we have to respond to climate catastrophe, where we have to respond to um, crop failures and things like that. We, we need to be prepared for this sort of thing. And the system that we have now, the and I'm not going to say it's a purely capitalist system. It isn't. But the capitalist orientation of our system in the sense that everything is based on this just-in-time delivery model of only having as much resources on hand as you need in order to keep the profit margins at at the very top Um to keep them high. That's a problematic model. And it assumes, you know, blue skies well into the future. Nothing can go wrong and nothing will go wrong because if something goes wrong, everything goes wrong. The thing about American capitalism is that everyone sings its praises and everyone decries the idea of government intervention in the economy as some kind of, you know, Soviet-like command state, that sort of thing. And that's all well and good, but then when capitalism runs into a problem, suddenly everyone becomes either a Keynesian or a Marxist. And the next thing you know, we're allocating $2.2 trillion for a bailout. Money that appeared out of thin air. These are the same people that only weeks ago were razzing Bernie Sanders over his plans to expand Medicare to cover everybody. And saying, oh, this is too expensive. We can't do this. I can remember Steve Ratner on uh, Morning Joe with his charts, you know, showing how Bernie Sanders' plan for Medicare for All would expand government beyond, way beyond any any place it had been before in terms of size, that it would make government larger than it had ever been before. And he had these charts that would show, you know, like, well, here's here's where revenues are now, revenues controlled by the government, and here's where they would be under Sanders'. Right? We're talking about a program that, for them it's a problem, (laughs) we're talking about a program that would probably cost in the range of two to three trillion dollars a year. Well, last I looked, and, and that's, you know, based on estimates that are really bounded, determined to make it seem way too expensive, uh, 
Last I looked, we just conjured $2.2 trillion out of thin air in about two weeks. And a lot of that money, and a lot more money than that, in fact, is going to go into the pockets of the richest people in this country. The $500 billion bailout of that $425 billion is being sent over to the Fed to act as capital for massive loans to some of the biggest corporations in America. And they're going to get those loans at very reasonable rates. That's all, that's all money that we're on the hook for. And that's okay. And that's not socialism. Right? Au contraire. American capitalism needs socialism to bail it out about once every 10 years. Whether it's a financial crisis, like the you know speculative housing bubble that burst in 2008, or it's a pandemic that we didn't prepare for, that our administration was completely asleep at the switch over, that they had that we were unprepared because they had basically fired everyone whose job it was to prepare for just that type of eventuality, that that's putting us in a position where we're having to actually crash the economy. This is going to make a tremendous impact on individuals, particularly people on the edge, but also small businesses that simply can't afford to be out of business for an extended period of time. There's a mechanic on the, on the corner for me here that I always use. He doesn't know if he can keep his doors open. I mean, if he's got to, if he's got to stand down until the end of April, which is essentially the, that's essentially the order. If people don't, you know, bring him business, uh, he's his doors are going to close and he's going to be gone. And there's going to be a lot of other businesses, similar dimension, you know, maybe two or three employees, um, mom and pop shops, that sort of thing, that aren't essential services, that don't provide food or, or um, you know, our grocery concerns or that sort of thing, which tend to be bigger companies anyway. Um, but some restaurants that do takeout will, will do okay. But other small stores that are not essential, you know, <laughs> these people are going to be driven under. The bailout is going to distort the American economy even further. It's going gonna, it's gonna to accentuate inequality. It's, it's going to concentrate wealth and power into fewer and fewer hands. Um, it's essentially designed to do that. I don't mean to say that that's necessarily the intention of everyone who voted for that, but I think there's there's people who voted for that bill that knew that this would be the likely outcome because and and that they supported it anyway because it's they basically were held over a barrel. I mean, they 
people who needed the relief, who needed the check, you know, needed that money. And if you made too much of an issue of it, they wouldn't get it. That it would be delayed. It's already significantly delayed. But again, this is socialism. This is the type of solution that comes up when there's a problem. And we're going to have a lot of problems. So (laughs) I guess my main point is that we shouldn't be too hostile to the idea of socialism because it's kind of like the, it's like that uncle that bails you out, you know, when you get into trouble, when you run out of money. I don't know if you have an uncle like that. I never had an uncle like that, but I've heard of people who had an uncle like that. <laughs> and you can... Uh, but Maybe it's a bad metaphor. <laughs> but it's... Socialism is the generous uncle, right? That's going to bail us out when we get into trouble. And then as soon as we're back on our feet again, we go out and party and drink like a madman and go to the gambling house and you know, spend the lunch money and then we get washed out again and you know, Uncle Socialism bails us out again. They're not afraid to reach for it when when the going gets rough, right? But when things are going well, you know, then they're like, oh God, that's a disaster. That could never work. This business of the government, you know, taking over some of the costs, that's that could never work. It takes away all of the incentive. People lose their motivation. They never seem to worry about that with the larger banks. They never seem to worry about that with like the airline industry, that they're going to lose their motivation if we give them money. They never seem to worry about that with those people. The only ones they worry about are the people at the bottom, the people who are on unemployment right now. They're worried that, oh my God, they're going to make more money on unemployment than they made when they were employed. That's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, they said that. I'm talking to you, Lindsey Graham. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Lindsey Graham. I'm looking at you, Tim Scott. <laughs> Amazingly, I think uh, I think Rick Scott, richest man in the Senate, the guy who made a pile of money off of out of off of I think Medicare in uh, Florida. His company made a pile of money off of that. Um, got in trouble with the law. Still got elected. Elections have consequences. And Rick Scott was worried about people getting money that they that they didn't deserve. Oh well. There you go. So turns out we're all Keynesians. As I think Nixon said once. <laughs> we're all Keynesians. We believe in stimulating the economy with public money. Of course, socialism is a lot more complicated than that. 
there really isn't that much in traditional socialism about the government doing things. It's really more about workers controlling the means of production. It's really more about worker-run enterprises, worker-managed enterprises, worker-owned enterprises. It isn't like there's no market in socialism. It has to do with who the ownership class is. There are no capitalists in socialism. There are no bosses. Workers are their own boss. Workers make the decisions. They decide where the resources go. They decide what to make and how much of it to make and where to make it. Now, nobody's really talking about that. But the idea of worker-owned enterprises, that's, that is a thing. That's a thing in our economy. I think that's a thing that we should be encouraging. I think that should be part of the stimulus plan. I mean, Ronald Reagan advocated for worker-owned companies. There's a speech out there somewhere. I've heard it. Employee stock buyback. I think they called them ESOP programs. Employee stock ownership programs, I, I believe, is what they were called. Hey, you know, maybe it's an idea whose time has come. We shall see. Anyway, that's all I've got on socialism this week. Socialism! Don't be afraid. Without socialism, there wouldn't be any capitalism. We've proven that a time and again, including the last two weeks. So if you're worried about socialism, <laughs> if someone accuses you of being a socialist, just point the finger right back at them. Ask them how they're enjoying that little check they got from the government. Okay, then. This was fun. That's all I've got to say. Thanks for listening to Strange Sound. I really am interested to know what you think of any of the topics that I'm discussing. And, you know, keep me honest. Keep me focused. Give me some feedback. I'll play your comments on the air. Or you can write to me. Or tweet to me. The links are on my um, anchor.fm page. Anchor.fm slash sound. We're also on Twitter at at strangesoundpod. Drop by and say hello. Please like the show. Please share it with your friends. Um, by all means, suggest topics to talk about. Uh, come on and have a conversation with me. Um, whatever you like. We're building this thing as we fly it. So anything goes. That's all I got. See you next time.